Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kipley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey. Sitting with David Stern and Anne Weisbord today to discuss a few topics. I was interested in bringing couples to the care pod to hear about how specifically couples who are aging navigate the caregiver space, not only for themselves, but for their aging loved ones. I'm bringing David Stern and Ann Weisbord to the care pod as they've been there, done that. David Stern uh, comes to us with an extensive background in uh, the Medicare and long-term care insurance uh, industries. And Anne Weisbord is a force in her own right, um, teaching others how to be the best business entrepreneurs um, in their own respective business spaces. So this is looks like business coaching, resume writing, etc. Both have been in these respective industries for decades. And I was interested in bringing them to the table as they have recently downsized and also to speak to their own personal caregiver experience. When I met Anne, she had been caring for a 93-year-old mom who she had placed in a nursing assisted living facility who uh, survived with care there for approximately six years. And so she will always say that it was money well spent, uh, but just looking back now, uh, how, how do they navigate these uh, different uh, changes of life and chapters on their aging journey? So listen in as I pick up where we discuss uh, their recent move. Uh, you know, I'm not anti many things, but I'm anti retirement because right. I've seen so, so many patients over the years fast track to retirement. Dr. Bell, I have. 65 days and you know 326 minutes left to retirement <laughs> and then boom then it's it's downhill it is you know then right. all of a sudden the days are filled with a point doctor's appointment then sudden illness and so forth so uh i do i and uh, the toll on mental health because then you're taking somebody that had a purpose every day of their life doing X, Y, Z to now saying, oh, I'm going to retire and be, you know, a sunbird when really, you know, what's the reality of that? So I think when you said the control, so I think it goes back to now controlling at a young old age, you know, what your old, old age is going to look like. So you all have had just a major transition recently downsizing. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that, you know, in terms of defining now what your older years are looking like and what that conversation between you two as a couple to say, you know what, uh, uncle here, let's kind of yeah, redefine this. You, Kipley, you make it sound easy. I had, uh, I had a shake away at this. David, we had a hundred-year-old home. David did, did all of the work in the house and it was beautiful. It was very, everybody... It and I know he felt it was his baby, and he had everything that he could, every tool that you could imagine. Exercising, I know, scared you. It's him, I think. 
of the neighborhood, but I was planning, my feeling was, right now we are well. We can move now, but if we have to move two couples, that's quickly on the, on the spur of the moment, with uh, manageable housing because they could no longer do steps and they needed, uh, needed to be in an easy place. Uh, we were using all, we had four floors, basically, and two floors in an attic, but we used everything in our old house, and I knew that wasn't going to work in the future. So I was pushing one floor place, and so it wasn't, I think I need to call me in if you want. <laughs> so tell me about that, David, because, you know, as the uh, husband, the person that, you know, kind of provides this domicile and then takes pride over, you know, decades of a career to build this life and then having to make that decision. Take take me through that. Well, it, we were talking about this for quite a while and, and also looking for a place uh, for quite a while. And, you know, Anne was the one that said, you know, we really have to think ahead and she wanted everything on one floor and which made a lot of sense but you know I I did like the neighborhood I liked the home that we had and it was it was close to everything we needed but um so it it was I don't want to say it was really hard the hard part was finding the place to move to and you also had external factors like the the housing market and the costs and everything like that but in the end, moving moving was a big deal. Moving was not easy, but it was the right move to make. And it's um, you know just thinking down the road because we'll talk about it, I'm sure later. But you know I deal with Medicare and I've been helping people with long term care, and so these issues have been in my background for a long time. But it was the right move, and it was the right time. Moving's a big deal and it's just going to get harder as you get older. Yeah, I, I have to say, you know, everyone in the care pod community knows I had this recent emergency with my mom's fall and this and that. And I literally have said, if you love your children, throw things away. You I mean, right. and this is this is having purged her home multiple times over already. This was still, you know, I couldn't find a habitat for humanity to take half of that. I couldn't mm -hmm. find, I literally ended up blessing a family on Facebook Marketplace. They were so tickled to get like, you know, the speakers and the old armoire and da 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 da, you know, mm -hmm. but it is, you know, the weight of trying to move these things, as you know, just kind of coming off of it. And, you know, mm -hmm. the sentimentality though, the sentimental mm -hmm. aspect to things is, yeah. I learned to take pictures of pictures of real photos and throw the photos out. Nobody needs the photos. You can't even get the photos out in goodwill. Nobody wants them. You know, there's an, there's an adage, you know, you, you fill up the space that you have. Yeah. And we filled up every inch that we had with stuff. And, 25 it, and it's, and it's, it's stuff that we hadn't used for years and years and years. And, and it's you finally do have to give up the ship and just say, okay, we haven't used it in 30 years. We're never probably going to use it ever. So just get rid of it. So so what would you say, what would both of you say to your maybe 10-year selves? Would, would there be anything different you would say or do 
both as a couple and individually along this aging continuum. As and far as, the, as far as moving or in general? In general, like what what advice would you give to yourselves and what what would you say to others maybe that are might be in a similar walk? Um, for me, physical exercise Perfect. is critical. Perfect. Okay. I um I believe you whatever you do, and it's got it's not easy to make it a habit, but whether it's walking or running, I'm still running. I've been running for I think 40 years now. I'm slower, but I'm running. Every morning we stretch for about 25 minutes. And um David has a week back, which is why I mean he's doing all this work anyway, but I think he's strengthened his back by doing the uh stretches. So we stretch. We um, sometimes we used to walk five to seven miles on the weekends each day, but we haven't had that opportunity. I think we will again. But uh, for me, I, I have to fit it into my day. So what would I say? I would say you have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anybody else. As this kind of independent career woman, I, I think you are probably the only one on this earth that could understand what I'm going to say next, which is. Self-care to me is my work, you know, yes. like some people, some people don't understand that. Like my little guy at five for Mother's Day in, in daycare, you know, the teacher must ask him, what, Bob, what makes Bobby happy or what does Bobby do? And I laughed out loud because it was like work, <laughs> but yeah. it, it is, it's a fulfilling, it's a fulfilling Absol space. Right. Absolutely. Know. It's the word you used before purpose having a purpose. And because we don't have children, we we find gratification by nurturing people through our work. So at least I know I know David's clients uh, get more than insurance from him. He really cares about them and I'm hoping mine do the same. Absolutely. Okay, and just briefly give me that blurb just about your mom because uh, we're, I'm going to try to repurpose that because the, the beginning audio was really sketchy. So again, mom was living at Sunrise uh, facility and 98 years old by that time. 98. Uh, 90, 90, 98. 98. Wow. Well, she was, no, no, no. She moved to Sunrise alone without my dad at 93 and she lived there for six years and it does deplete the uh, bank account. There's no two ways about it, there, but it's money well spent because it helps relieve the stress and worry in your head. So you pay for it. Mm -hmm. And so that then speaks to David's uh, field of work uh, in the insurance industry and preparation, uh, not, not the Medicare, but preparing for long-term care insurance. Um, right. is that, so what is your preparation now? Like, do you, you've downsized, would you say now you would live in an assisted living facility or you're preparing your lives to live, you know, your days where you're at? Cause clearly it's, you have longevity. Yeah. It, let's hope it's funny. This is a 55 plus community. And I, I keep saying this is the step before assisted living because the people who have moved from here moved to assisted living, but I think we're going to be here for 20 years. That's my guess. Nice. Oh. Nice. Interested in learning more about the Impactful Caregiving Affiliate Program? Reach out. Connect at impactfulcaregiving.com.
And so what's the lore of the 55 plus? Well, what, what's I the the amenities? What what it what gave what was the the uh, the attraction for you, David? Like it seems like Anne was committed long before you. So when you said, right. you know what, I'm good. Okay, this all right, this will work. Okay, I can I can swallow this pill. What what was the game well, change? I, I got tired of fighting. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, and it, because it was, I, I'm, I, yeah, I've always been like a do-it-yourself or a hands-on person, and you know, uh, in the past, I think three years, I've had two back surgeries. So, Dan was really, you know, pushing me to, you know, really come to the realization that shoveling snow was not possible anymore. Getting up on the roof and stuff wasn't possible anymore so it was things like that I had to come to terms with that you know I wasn't going to go out and shovel for you know two hours so that's some of the things that the community the 55 plus community offers is that you know it takes that burden off of this of having to shovel snow or um, you know, a lot of the grounds are taken care of so that that um, sort of helped real, you know, taking that burden off of us. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of invasive or personal question here, but I do think it's important for the men in the audience. So, cause if you tell me I don't have to shovel a, a lick of snow for the rest of my days, that is a no greater, but I think there's something to the man taking care of the home that right. affects the I don't know the dignity of it all or whatever to tell me was was that a thing well i i've always enjoyed doing that type of work work around the house and and fixing things where i have to and, and or need to so i don't think a lot of that is going away but like you it's you know i i enjoy my work so that keeps me active um the, the home you know, repairs and things around the home, that's sort of like, uh, to me, that's sort of like my therapy that, that sort of takes me out of the normal grind and takes my mind off of things. It's also, you know, the rewarding part is that, you know, say if you want to paint a room, uh, there's a beginning, middle and end and it's done and you can sit back and enjoy it. With my work, with insurance, it's just a continuum. It just goes on and on and on. So uh, to me, it's, it's, calming it's therapy it's rewarding because i can see a finished product so that's i enjoy doing it but i think there's a there's a certain time when i won't be able to do the heavy lifting that i did before so uh i just you, have to you want to get little... it anticipate it yeah get yeah, it out of there. I, have, I have to give some of that up yeah yeah so uh tell me how do you both feel about retirement we're not we're not retiring no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think about, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because there, I've come across two different types of people, people that retire and then there's a big void. There's, you know, they worked all their lives. Maybe they didn't have hobbies or they, you know, just went to work and enjoyed what they did. And when they retired, now they're sort of lost. They're lonely. They want something to do. And, and then they have a hard time finding something. So, uh, you know, a lot of clients, they might be a school bus driver or they, 
um, <laughs> might work in a, you know, behind the counter at the local gym or something to do just to meet people to get out and do something. So I, I love, unfortunately, I like what I do and, and I don't see myself retiring, but that they may come, you know, or, or maybe just slow down a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You'll re you'll repurpose it. Mm -hmm. What yeah, that looks yeah. like. Yeah. We are lucky because we have the kinds of jobs where nobody is going to say we're too old. We're self-employed. If we we're self-employed, so we're lucky. So nobody is saying to us, "You have to retire." If David wanted to cut back on his clients, he could do that. He could just see. He could say, 15 is my limit this week." He could do that. For me, I'm coaching people and seeing privately for management or career issues. I can say. Just just six this month. I can do whatever I I want. There are people who work, say, for large corporations who don't have that luxury. They don't. So there is that benefit of be, there are lots of detriments to being self-employed, but there that's definitely a benefit. So we don't have to retire right now. We just have to keep up with the young people. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Uh okay, so. Before we segue into, you know, your respective offerings, um, anything from a coupledom standpoint uh, that you'd like to offer the CarePod community? Yeah, I, I do. There, there are compromises. We, um, David loves to barbecue. He could barbecue 30, 365 days a week. So when we were looking for properties, I thought some of them were just fine, but that you, because high-rise condos you cannot grill you can't do that so that was out so we had there there are compromises that we had to make you 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 cut out we cut out certain places to look because they didn't allow that and i want i wanted him to be happy that was if he's not happy i'm not happy yes and and you're both keeping active you're keeping your brains active your physicality active um, you're engaging socially. Uh, you are engaging across generations, which is key uh, in terms of learning from the younger folks, as Ed would say, and vice versa, I think, uh, learning from you, which oh. I have. Um, so, okay, so tell me about what you each do, and then we're going to kind of chat around that for a bit. Okay. Your careers. My my, okay. my work has changed a lot because I used to do job search with resumes and interview skills. And now so many people are getting inter, uh, job search advice on the web. So I had fewer and fewer clients in that respect. But my clients that I did have were getting higher level positions and they would contact me and say, I don't know how to delegate. I don't know how to run a meeting. I don't know how to present. And I, I was an adjunct at Wharton for 11 years teaching communication skills. So I, and I don't like to listen to bad presentations. So I um, did a lot of work with all different levels of uh, professionals on presentations and in individuals and in workshops. And then, uh, and I did that with different kinds of topics, like how to run a meeting, how to have the critical conversation, how to delegate, how to uh, assert yourself without being aggressive. So I do a lot of coaching now, um, mostly with technical people 
Well, that's not true. I have a lot of medical people too, who are put into managerial or directorial positions and don't have those soft skills, like those interpersonal skills. So I'm doing a huge. lot of coaching. Yeah. Huge, yeah. huge, 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 huge. Yeah. yeah. So and I think that that in, in medicine in general, it, it's the truth. It's, we have the medical acumen, but I can't tell you how many uh, leaders I've worked across table from or under that don't have the ability to look you in your eye, to have right. just basic human interaction, to, right. you know, run a business properly, uh, right. which, you know, even these skills I can learn from you myself. So uh, <laughs> I think that that's, a, yes, that, that's important. So tell me what your day looks like, the name of your business, how someone contacts you, et cetera, and the types oh. of clients you serve. Okay. I didn't change the name. My business is still Career Services Unlimited because it's still part of growing your career. It's unlimited because it's part of your career. Um, my website is awlearningconsultants.com and my uh, cell number is 610-324-0610. And I would be happy to talk to anybody who felt that uh, they could get some value from what I do. Absolutely. So our care pod is international. We're actually hot in France, the UK and Philippines oh. right now, ironically. Mm. Um, and then as you know, we're based in the tri-state. So do you offer virtual consultations? Tell me about uh uh, your virtual yes. offerings, et cetera. Right. I love virtual and it does matter with the time zone because if somebody is in a different time zone, not that I work at 11 o'clock at night, but I can adjust and not upset my wife too much. So yes, I prefer Zooming. I prefer team. I work teams and Zoom. Nice. Yeah, I've been, I started it when, with COVID and I'm keeping it that way. Nice. Nice. And then you can turn around the resume as you previously did, et cetera. So someone, when I sat with Anne, just as a background for folks, I, you know, we, we sat, we discussed, you know, my vision, et cetera. She gave me her brilliance and direction. Mm -hmm. And then we were allowed a round of changes uh, and then resume was complete. So is that some uh, similar? Still the way I, um, talk to the person first, and I ask if they've got uh, any old documents, a resume or a bio or something. And I, you have to know what you're going to do. That's very helpful to know what you want to do, at least a general idea of what you want to do. And then I create questions and we have a discussion on the phone or Zoom, doesn't matter. And I put together a resume. I have a wonderful person who I'm the wordsmith, the woman I deal with makes it look good. And we send a email, a copy to the client. And yes, you get one round of, of uh, one, one round of, of changes of edits for the price. Nice. Tell me, how is it, you know, you mentioned being the career woman and the caregiver during the time, you know, when your mom was alive. And I think that is uh, the challenge now uh, in my life, uh, scaling, growing, being a sought after thought leader, 
while at the same time wanting to be fully present, having the weight of concern that there's going to be a fall or an injury or an emergency, et cetera. Um, there's no easy answer to that, Kipley. You just bite the bullet. And, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I do have to say, being able to vent to David and listen to his support and advice was really helpful. I knew that I wasn't going to fall because he was there to support me. Nice. Beautiful. And David, did you have caregiving uh, with your own parents' issues or? Well, yes. And that's that's how I got into or started my business. It was business with actually chose me. I didn't choose it. Um, I had um, my mother lived in Florida as well as Anne's parents did. And my mother uh, was ill and she needed home care. And I just want to say, I, I, I live in Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia area. I have a sister that lived in uh, California at the time. And my mother lived in Florida. So my mother needed home care. And uh, she was in the hospital. I flew down there to see what was happening. And they couldn't do anything more for her in the hospital. So they said, you know, you're going to be discharged. You're going to go home. And at that point, you know, it's like a slap in the face. It's like, what do we do? I can't leave my job and move down here and take care of you. My sister could not. So, and we didn't know about it at the time, but my mother had a policy that paid for home care. And we made one phone call and uh, a woman came from an agency and took her home. And basically she had home care for the next four years. And wow. Yeah. And it was uh, it was a lifesaver. So I, I just remember this was I went into my boss. I was in advertising and I went in and I said, uh, I'm going to be leaving. There's something else that I want to do. And uh, I just got my insurance license and took off selling long term care insurance because it, it was something that I had to tell other people about. I said this. Let me tell you what happened. My mother you know, needed this care and it was paid for and it, you know, nobody was talking about it. She didn't tell anybody. So that got me started on a new career, long-term care. And um, eventually I was at that point of working with the senior market. And eventually everything just transitioned into working with Medicare. So I sell Medicare insurance. And uh, yeah, but that's, you know, I never thought of myself as an insurance salesman and uh, or thought never crossed my mind. But like I said, the, the 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 profession really chose me because it was something that I had to do. Absolutely, I you know I'm just really in awe on how life comes full circle and how you know even in this space you know how our parents or experiences that we go through end up kind of crafting our own careers in a sense. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so tell me so so introduce yourself in terms of your business, you know, how someone contacts you, what specifically the steps that you prescribe to the young old per se, you know, even someone like myself at 48 should be thinking of long-term care insurance right now. So what right. does that look like, you know, getting it at my age versus waiting, you know, well, in terms of price, price point, et cetera. Well, the, the first thing I have to say is uh, I don't do a any long-term care insurance anymore. My, my okay. business is exclusively Medicare. And, and for, for a certain reason is um, 
it got to a point where when I first started uh, with long-term care, there you, you have to historically look at it as when, when I was growing up, um, maybe not so much you, but, um, you know, when your parents or grandparents got older and needed help, it was usually the family that took care of them. And, but in my, what happened with us and many families that I talked to, the children are moving away. We, we become more uh, mobile. So my sister was in California. My mother was in Florida. I was in Philadelphia. It was impossible to take care. So these were the issues and some of the issues that we're still dealing with. So medic, so long-term care insurance, one, got very expensive. And two, they also made it much more difficult to get. So, mm. uh, which, which means that when you get long-term care insurance, you have to be healthy. I mean, if, if you're already in a wheelchair or in a nursing home or getting care, you're, the, the analogy is if, if you're driving a car and you hit a telephone pole, and you call the insurance company and say, I want some insurance, I just hit a telephone pole, they're going to say, it's too late. You should have had the insurance before you hit the pole. It's the same thing with long-term care. Once you get to a point where you need care, you cannot get long-term care insurance. So the younger you are, the healthier, uh, the better it would be because it's going to be cheaper and your chances of getting the policy is much greater. So mm -hmm. we, so we, we, Ann and I both bought long-term care insurance when we were 50. younger, 50, 50. Yeah. And we still have it, but you know, there's also been rate increases along the way. So uh, that will go up as you get older. Um, mm -hmm. But it was something, you know, we don't have children. So it was just us and having the experience with Ann's parents, my mother being ill and getting the care that she needed, you know, we saw the value of it. So, um, so tell, tell me uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing, I know it's probably different now, but roughly the price point for a 50 something then, and then we'll segue that, to, to, to the Medicare. For Medicare or for long-term care? No. So I'm saying we'll segue into Medicare, next, but I, but okay. what roughly, roughly did you pay at 50 something for your policies? The well, I I had a policy that the company is no longer selling long-term care, there, which is also what happened in the industry. There were a lot of companies that were in the business because uh, they realized that people were getting older, and it became in vogue, uh, you know, to talk about long-term care. But a lot of companies, um, you know, the cost of care, nursing home care, assisted living, uh, getting somebody to come into your home has skyrocketed. So mm -hmm. the the basic model for a lot of these companies didn't really pan out. So it's got very expensive. And honestly, I don't know what the cost is now. When I first got my policy, um, right now I'm 70. And when I got it at 50, uh, I think I was paying like $700 a year for my policy. Mm -hmm. Um, gotcha. to, to, to today, a policy like that could be eight or ten thousand dollars. Wow! I mean, it, How yeah, about it? Yeah, it's it's really gone through the roof. And companies used to offer when my mother first got her policy, 
when when somebody gets ill and they need care, they really want to stay, and it makes sense to stay in their own home. Mm-hmm. You know, they're comfortable there. The family can come and support them. And so when it first started, the companies were selling just home care policies. Uh, you could sell a a one-year home care policy. God forbid you needed something uh, right away. And they were inexpensive. So the companies, mm-hmm. knowing that that was the first line of defense was the home care, uh, <laughs> they took that away. So they don't offer that anymore. Now it's you have to get a home care, assisted living, nursing home policy. Um, there are some companies that work around that, but so uh, and they used to offer uh, lifetime benefits. So if I was fifty and needed care, they would pay for care for the rest of my life. The companies again don't offer that anymore because they found out it was just going to break the bank for them if they had to offer those benefits. So they're limiting benefits. The costs have gone through the roof. Medical underwriting had become very difficult. So um, is why I exited the business, but it's expensive. In our situation, it's money well spent. So, okay, this is a really key question for me. You know, having, taking care of patients, having kind of walking through this with my own mother. You work hard all your life yada, yada, you take pride in having Medicare and a Medigap policy, et cetera, to pay for, you know, whatever Medicare doesn't cover, blah, blah. But then it seems, you know, as if those with Medicaid have more offerings and favor uh, towards certain items. So for instance, when my mother fell, I had to rehab and handicap capable her bathroom. Now, uh, another pearl here that I want to drop for our audience is that, you know, I oftentimes tell patients, get things before you even need it. So we had the railings in front of the house. We had the grab bars. We had all of that for death before we were even thinking about it, um, which was like tremendous in this situation because they were preparing me for her to be wheelchair dependent which thank God is not the case now. But nevertheless, I had a $20,000 quote for a handicapped capable bathroom, you know, ended up with a 10K quote to do it on a prior episode or BDP construction uh, came in and gave me a quote. But still, all of that was out of pocket over the holiday season because I looked up an emergency grant. Okay, there's an emergency grant for home repair for your elderly, but there was no emergency about it. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you know work, could, work couldn't start. The assessor had to come. You know, you had to have three different quotes from construction companies, blah, blah. But yet those with Medicaid would be able to get this completely on that, in, on that insurance. Whereas... Medicare and her Medicare plan didn't have these offerings. So, you know, for the young old who's like, hey, I'm working all my life. I take pride in having these great insurances. Um, what do you say to that? Or what are the Medicare, what's the Medicare education loopholes, uh, you know, around this? Well, there's a lot of trade-offs. There's, there's different types of 
Medicare policies. You know, we've been inundated with the TV commercials. Um, I get so many calls and my clients call me, they see commercials and ads for, you know, everything is covered 100% and free, you know, gym club and dental and vision and all these good benefits. But there's caveats, you know, you, you, they're called Medicare Advantage plans. And you do have to use doctors and hospitals that are in the network. You will have out-of-pocket costs, you know, for, for doctors and hospitals and treatment therapy. So you just have to be careful and do some research and talk to multiple people, not just one person, uh, because a lot of people are sort of biting on these commercials and ads and they make it sound like everything is free. And, um, and, it's, and it's not, with the exception of what you just mentioned was Medicaid, if you have full Medicaid uh, then there, and Medicare, then there are policies that will basically cover everything. However, I think maybe you can address this more than, than I can. You know, yeah. a lot of the medical professionals, you know, Medicaid does not pay doctors very well. So mm -hmm. there are a lot of doctors that will not accept Medicaid. So a lot right. of times, you know, people say, you know, you, this is, you know, this is available to me and this is what I want. And I say, yes, but you may have to change all of your doctors because your doctors don't take, they're not in the plan. So there's all there's, these different trade-offs. And there, there isn't a such thing as having both, correct? Like you can't have a Medicare and a Medicaid product together versus a well, Medicare and Medigap plan. Well, correct. Um, however, there are special plans for people that have both Medicare and Medicaid. They're called dual eligible. And there are certain plans that are specifically designed for individuals that have both Medicare and Medicaid. They still have to use the network. They still have to make sure that their doctors, providers, everybody they see accepts Interesting. the plan. But everything is covered a hundred percent. Interesting. So yeah. There, there, well, there, it, really, it really is the best policy out there as far as, you know, what somebody can get, but you have to be careful about which company and what, you know, make sure your doctors and hospitals are, are in the plan. So David, I'm going to tap you uh, for a kind of maybe a virtual event where we kind of really dive deeper and possibly an in-person impactful caregiving event as well, uh, because people need to, you know, really understand that um, and the nuances, the compare and the contrast, et, et cetera. Just last quick question here. Why would somebody get a Medicare consultant or why would someone hire you to purchase uh, a Medicare plan? If do you do the navigation in terms of, you know, when somebody turns the ripe age, they go to the local Medicare office and get set up for A and B. Do you navigate those portions of it as well? Like, why would somebody um, hire you versus doing the, you know, taking those steps? Take me through that. <clears throat> well, I, I hear this from everybody. When when I sit down with a client, it's normally the first thing that somebody will tell me is, I'm getting all this stuff in the mail. People are calling me. 
I don't understand any of it. So that's usually the starting point is, you know, everybody is confused by Medicare. So the, the part A and B, which is your basic Medicare, you sign up for that through Social Security. And that Medicare only covers 80% of your hospital and doctor bills, and it does not cover any medications. So that's where I come in. Uh, there's no charge for my services because I'm paid by insurance companies. Um, I'm a broker, so I deal with basically all the companies uh, in the area. I'm only licensed in Pennsylvania, so I deal basically in the Philadelphia five-county area. Um, but there's, a, there's different types of plans. There's Medicare Advantage plans. There are Medigap plans. Uh, in my area where I work, there are now 26 different drug plans, which is really the hardest part to navigate. So it's it, you really do need somebody with, I, I think, expertise to help you navigate the system uh, about what their specific needs are, what plans are available in the area. If it's a if it's a Medicare Advantage, are all my doctors and hospitals in the network? So it really comes down to you know you you want somebody to help you and walk you through the process. It's not one size fits all. So that's that's what I really enjoy helping people with is is finding the right plan for them. Sometimes they may have the VA and uh, not necessarily need a plan, but there are a lot of extra benefits that come with some of the plans that people want. They still can use the VA, but they might get a little extra dental and eyewear and a gym club and all these other extra benefits. So I have to take my cue off of who I'm sitting with and, and what their needs are and their health. Well. Let's go. I am definitely, we are going to tap your expertise with impactful caregiving and you as well. And because there are a lot of career minded, I, I call us the Marthas, you know, Martha and Mary. Mary was able to sit still, but Martha was running all around trying to handle everything. <laughs> and so, yeah, we need to speak to both kind of subsets of people, because once you take these pressures off, you know, it, it allows you to execute so much uh, easier. Uh, David, tell me where, tell, tell us where someone can contact you, your business, do you have a website, et cetera? Well, I'm, I'm old school. Uh, I'm not high tech at all. I like, I like meeting with people. Uh, the, 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 um, uh, Pandemic uh, really, uh, COVID really interrupted um, the flow of things because when it, COVID first hit, Medicare actually didn't want us. They shut us down. They didn't want us to go into anybody's home. So it's past couple of years have been tough. But my name is David Stern, uh, S T E R N. Uh, you can reach me by phone or email. Phone number is 610 789 6525. Uh, that's the best way, or my email is D as in David, S-T-E-R-N-D-S at AOL.com. See, I'm old school. I still use AOL. 
Listen, I've joined the club. I still have my AOL too, so it's all yeah. good. It's all good. You you've got mail. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I am really really just you know heartful today because I really have a great admiration and respect for both of you, you know, individually as a couple, you know, as mentors uh in this space and beyond and I'm thankful for you sharing your journey here because you know it it's tough it's 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 not easy on many levels and so to kind of you know circle back and say yeah, we've been been there done that and we're doing it is I think helpful for people to hear so I, I really appreciate you taking the time to sit with us it's our pleasure, but Kipley, on a personal level, you are a fabulous facilitator. You don't need any help with that. A very good listener, and you uh, pulled out questions. You're a very, very good facilitator. Thank and you so much. Don't edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being on the Care Pod today. Thank you so much. Great information, right from the source. For more information on how to caregive like a boss, check out impactfulcaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com.